You're tuned in to the best in paranormal programming. This is the Paranormal 60 News. There's something under the bed edition. That's right, news. And we've got you, the viewers, joining us tonight to share your scary stories. We'll do that next, right here. Good evening and welcome. This is the Paranormal 60 News. I am your anchor, Dave Schrader. We'll begin in just a few moments, and I do want to let you know that we have a lot of guests coming in tonight that are going to be sharing their paranormal stories with us. I want to begin this on a bit of a somber note, something I'm sure most of you are already familiar with and have heard on every other possible outlet from social media to news. But I felt like I would be remiss as the anchor and not mentioning, of course, the tragedy that took place in Texas, since my three good friends are all based and living in Texas. I felt that it was important for us to acknowledge it because we've gone long enough not acknowledging things, hoping that things will just get better and they don't. I don't know the answer. People have been asking my thoughts and input, and again, I maintain I'm a paranormal radio show host. I want you to come here to escape the real world. But the tragedy and what happened not only to the children, but to the teachers, the brave teachers who stood up to try to protect these children beyond measure. So tonight, we're just going to take a few minutes of silence to recognize those that lost their lives in Texas. All right, we are here for an escape. We are here to be together tonight to commune as a paranormal community, to have fun. I have thrown open the doors to the asylum and the lunatics have lined up to join us. If I did send you a link and you're having trouble getting in tonight, bear with us because we've got some early risers. We've got a lot of people who signed in very early. As a matter of fact, we've got a gentleman from England who signed in almost an hour ago at like two o'clock in the morning, his time. He is here with us, going to share some stories. We've got a lot of great people. Um, So again, if you're trying to get in and can't, after you see one of these people speak and tell their story, give it a few seconds. Once I disconnect with them, a line should open. I, I think I'm allowed up to 10 people in here, but I'm not certain exactly how that works. So it may be a little hit or miss tonight as we go, but I want to thank everybody for joining in early and uh, making sure that they were here, their audio's working, their video's working. Let's get started. Speaking of working, ladies and gentlemen, from the great state of Texas, Eric Folsom. Hello, Eric. Hey, Dave. Good evening. And also from the great state of Texas, the colonel himself, Martin Vaez. Hello, Marty. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for joining us. And uh, we are a pared down edition tonight. And Greg Lawson is out in a covert situation, um, filming some cool stuff that hopefully we'll get to hear more about in the future. Um, but that's all we can say at this point. Uh, so we just are fingers crossed. He's doing well out there and, and collecting some awesome evidence and, 
uh, I don't know if he's already talking about it on his social media or what, but we, I don't know what the permission is at this point. So we're not going to say anything, but he should be back next week. He's just doing a lot of traveling right now. Um, so we're going to get started, but there's no way to replace Greg. That's why we've invited the nation to join us. <laughs> we've got people <laughs> from literally all around the world that are going to join us tonight, sharing their share of scares. We're going to get to hear strange and unusual paranormal stories from around the world. But before we do that, let us begin with the news because we've got a lot of stories to get through tonight. And uh, I believe the Colonel, the Colonel's up first. All right, yeah. Martin, what's our first tale of strangeness? Dave, I got a good one here for you. Glenda Basanko says that when she first found the modern home on Genie Road, she thought she was looking at her dream house, but it wasn't too long before things became a nightmare. I heard something every day. I heard something fall. I heard something crash. Yeah, growling, she says. Bosanko Wait a minute. Wait a minute. She's wearing a shirt that says mother of cats, and yeah. in her house she hears things falling and crashing. And I have growling. four cats. I can tell you that's all I hear in my house is things yeah, being knocked yeah. over and crashing. I kind of thought the same thing. I was a little hesitant to <laughs> send you that picture. But, uh, yeah, um, maybe these are demonic cats. I don't know. Could be. Uh, Let's could hear be. what else she has to say. Yeah. yeah. She said one night in April. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One night in April, the crashing footsteps and banging reached their peak. I actually thought maybe it was an intruder, and I was here in the house alone. So in case I was going to be murdered, I wanted some evidence, so I brought my phone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Phone good, is what I plan. that's the first thing I think of when I'm thinking right. I'm going to get murdered that night. But Chris DeFlorio has been a New York City police officer for 18 years. In his spare time, he's a self trained religious demonologist. It's basically the study of demons and the occult through a biblical worldview that has always that has always been my worldview, DeFlorio says. DeFlorio and his wife Harmony say their nonprofit Office of Demonic Investigations grew out of their New York City homeless ministry, Seek and Save Outreach. After a few visits, the, the Florios decided to attempt an exorcism. The Florio says as soon as he started the ritual, the air started to stink and a banging sound filled the attic. Boom, boom, boom. boom. Let's go back to my room. That's right. Not that kind of banging sound, I guess. No, no. Uh, uh, right. It sounds a little bit more serious here. After yeah. a few visits, the DeFlorios decided to... Oh, I already said that, didn't I? It took a few more visits. And, <laughs> and, again. But you said it correctly. Yeah. It's time to back up and try to miss a word, Marty. I just, All these people I, listening are, are not getting drunk quick enough tonight. Well, the thing is, you know, when I say a paragraph correctly, I just want to say it again. So in this case... <laughs> uh, repetition. I repetition, like it. yeah. Mm-hmm. It took a few more visits and a few more blessings before the DeFlorios declared their work on the house finished. Bosenko says it was like night and day from when she was scared to leave her bedroom. After they left, the energy changed. It was like I could come and sit in my living room. So, does Glenda really believe her house was possessed by the paranormal? She says, 100% real, and I would have been a person that questioned it before. Whether you're a believer or a skeptic. DeFlorio says there's no greater calling than giving the gift of peace of mind. Well, you know, McRib sandwiches come in a very close second. Yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Let's uh, let's consider that because you can't just sign off on 
on something and say that, but I like that catching ghosts and crooks. Now here's the good news. Chris uh, is going to join us on the show as a guest soon. We're going to talk about his ministry and his work uh, being a police officer and an exorcist. So that's, that's pretty great. cool. Does yeah. he know Greg, uh, the paranormal detective? I don't know. If not, we're going to have to introduce them Excellent. and uh, see what's going. All right. Before we get to our first uh, share that we're going to have here all the way from England. David Clark will be joining us in a few minutes. I have in my hot, grubby little hands, huge news. Tell us. Please. Did you guys Tell just us. <laughs> yeah, as a knock. Wow. No, it was like fireworks went off outside. I announced wow. huge news, and apparently my town in Minnesota decided to celebrate yeah. with me. <laughs> well, they're listening um, as well. Obviously, they should be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've got some very cool news. People have been bothering me about this for the longest time, and I finally have some news that I can share. So I'm very happy to be a part of this. Let's start off with the fact that Discovery Plus and Travel Channel, Conjuring Kesha, and a sneak peek at what's coming this Ghost-tober. Discovery Plus and Travel have announced a bunch of new and returning paranormal content. Perfect for those of us who prefer our reality series to also pack a scary punch. Zach Baggins and Discovery Plus have a development deal in place. Eli Roth has delivered several projects, and Jack Osborne is putting his paranormal investigation skills back to work. Pop star Kesha also joins the paranormal roster with her new series. And uh, the lovely Winnie's just clicking through these wildly right now. We haven't even gotten to the uh, first one for her to switch to. But check this out. Ghost Adventures will be returning for more investigations. There we go. With Zach Baggins, Aaron Good, Aaron Goodwin, that's the name that throws me. Jay Wosley and Billy Tolly and Discovery Plus exclusive series Conjuring Kesha enters the ring as the star brings some of her famous friends along for the ride. The Ghost Brothers and Jack Osborne are going to be back with Fright Club. And uh, you may see a, a familiar face on that, gentlemen. I believe I make an appearance in second season of Fright Club as well. Ooh, so I hope, awesome. yeah, I hope people will check that out. Um, they've got terrifying paranormal videos are going to be showing. Jack Osborne also back with Night of Terror. It's back with two episodes. In the first, Osborne goes searching for Bigfoot along with his friend Jason Muse. So Jay and Silent Bob, that Jason Muse. And uh, the two are featured in a second episode, which explores aliens. Jamie Kennedy will join the aliens episode as well. So there's going to be plenty of funds along with the scare. In October, the Ghosttober event will bring premieres each night of the week throughout the month. Zach Baggins and company will host their annual Ghost Adventures Halloween special. And Discovery Plus Shock Stocks are back. Returning for new seasons are Ghost Brothers Lights Out. Destination Fear, and the granddaddy of all paranormal investigation series is back. Ghost Hunters is going to be back on the air. And never fear, fans of terror, Discovery Plus, and Travel Channel are continuing with the thrills and chills well into 2023 with even more returning favorites, including The Dead Files, Eli Roth Presents A Ghost Ruined My Life, and Zach Baggins' The Haunted Museum. And Bigfoot fans haven't been left out. Expedition Bigfoot is also coming back for a fourth season. And ladies and gentlemen, the news you have been wanting to hear is about to be reported. Coming out later this year, the ghosts of Devil's Perch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Butte, Montana is gripped by a terrifying supernatural uprising. And in order to restore order, 
the mayor and the sheriff enlist the help of a paranormal investigator, Dave Schrader, medium Cindy Kaza, and tech KD Stafford to stop the wave of unnatural occurrences plaguing this historic mining town. How about that, guys? Uh, huh? Congratulations, Dave. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Cindy Kays and I will be back on. And I have traded in one hillbilly for another, Shane Pittman from Georgia. <laughs> I have now got Katie Stafford, also, <laughs> I think, from love. Louisiana. Right. right. So we've got all Southern love and hospitality on this. And finally, we mentioned at the beginning of the show, Conjuring Kesha, global pop superstar Kesha has a passion for all things supernatural and has spent most of her life searching for answers to the world's biggest mysteries. Now she's expanding on her fascination with the unknown in a cinematic, hands-on paranormal series chock-a-block full of mysterious adventures. You can follow Kesha and some of her celebrity friends on a cosmic exploration of the afterlife as they travel to mind-blowing haunted locations and search for all things unexplainable. How about that? You guys, ah, let's. I cannot wait. That's a huge slate of shows. That's a lot of stuff coming, right? This is exciting times. A lot of good shows. I'm excited to have the news kind of out there. Um, I don't know that I'm supposed to make that an official announcement because it's it's part of a much bigger, broader uh, press release, and we haven't done the official launch for the new show. But now you guys know to keep watching for it. That's what you need to keep watching for. Definitely. That's you know awesome. what else you got to keep watching for? You got to keep watching for an amazing book called The Other Side, A Teen's wow. Guide to Ghost Hunting and the Paranormal. And ladies and gentlemen, book. all the way from the UK, David Woo! J. Clark. Yeah. Hello, Woo! David, and welcome. <laughs> hey, good evening, everyone. Hello. I was deep inside uh, a really good book here. I, I just had the best sound of that. It's the best. I like it. I, I am not. Listen, if you want to bribe your way on the show, that is the first <laughs> way to do it. You've got our attention. All right, David, you are you are calling in from where? Tell us. I am uh, in uh, in Tiptree uh, in Essex in England, and um, uh, which we're just up the road from a very spooky town called uh, now a city, actually, Colchester. Um, and that's where my uh, my my scary tale comes from tonight. All right. Well, sir, you have the floor. Tell us about your tale of terror. Well, good evening, gentlemen, and welcome all the guests. Um, hey, um, so um, I recently um, just came back from the Red Lion Hotel uh, in Colchester, and that particular hotel has been going since the uh, 1500s, um, and uh, the 1600s is the Red Lion Hotel. And recently yeah. we were doing a seance, and uh, with the seance that we actually had, uh, we had a group of six people, um, um, four ladies and two gents. And um, as we were going around, it's uh, basically room seven in uh, the Red Lion Hotel. It's a very big old four-poster bed. And uh, we were doing the seance in the other part of the, the bedroom itself. And as we were going around doing all of that, we were getting this kind of knocks and different, the, 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 the room was going really, really cold. And uh, just as we were asking out, we try to keep all quiet and everything and we heard some shuffling in the corner and unfortunately my my shirt got lifted up while we were holding hands on the seance and i couldn't actually um obviously move myself out of the ring um so my, my shirt was being picked up and we asked well is there anyone else here the kind of pulling the back of my shirt the tails of my shirt similar to this one here is like a hawaiian type shirt and um as we were doing that we then asked oh is anyone here can you actually touch one of us 
was and actually make us make sure make us aware that you're in the room and the lady wait a minute so were you getting <laughs> randy with the ghost my shirts up if you're here and would like yeah. to make your presence known well, this is the Feel thing got very cold around the back of my but the downside is i have the robin williams style of hair i'm afraid so i apologize oh, for good. the viewers out there yeah so so that was standing on air and um standing on the, at the edge and um the actual the, the lady next to me just screamed she literally we were still holding on to for dear life in the seance and everything um but bless her she screamed out someone had actually grabbed her hand we had a couple of shuffles behind us and there was no one else in the room it was just us guys and and the actual was shuffling behind us and I've, I've, i have got the pictures to send you dave as well of her arm um we can't see too much but literally her her arm was grabbed um, and she then freaked out, and all the other ladies, not myself, by the way, um, all screamed out uh, and really loudly. Um, and uh, it was a really, really shocking experience. We don't tend to have too much like that. We have some knocks and bangs and things, but we had literally the, the one of our guests being grabbed. And obviously, we try and promote the, the, the paranormal and, and everything that is kind of generally it's safe and everything. You don't expect to. You'd have some calls and noises and things, but um, it kind of did shock, shock the guests because they were kind of grabbed by the hand and by the arm on, the, on that. So you know what they so sound plus, like they need? They sound like they need this this team. That's right. Abs absolutely, together. absolutely. Was, me and Eric were thinking the same thing. I could see it in his eyes. They need yeah. that team. Can they afford that team? Is the question. Yeah, that's and the I, question. I yeah. don't think we could, but I have to say, it looks like there's a Star Trek crossover there. If you look back on Cindy's hat, there's a triple on her head. So, <laughs> ah. so, is that the ultimate Star Trek uh, paranormal crossover? Is that there's a oh, okay. to, we're not allowed to go into All that. Right, not or Star Wars. Uh, yeah, I, Star I saw Wars the NBA. Well. I'm not going to say anything. That's <laughs> no, Marty, Tribbles are part of the Star Trek universe. You've got to learn your place here, <laughs> David. Very cool. How long have you been investigating the paranormal? Well, I've, I've been lucky enough. I've been um, about 17 years on and off, and I've actually been with the current team for the last four years, uh, Ghost Hunts events, and they are really, really good. I've got a great um, table tipping video from Landguard Fort on their YouTube channel, if you don't mind me promoting there, David. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we, we it was in the guardhouse in Landguard Fort, and that was rocking and rolling, and we managed um, to actually get it with really good evidence on that as well, which I'm quite pleased about. So. Very cool. I, I well, we'll have to show some table tipping video uh, sometime on this on this uh, show. Go ahead, Marty. What's your question? Yeah, I know David and also you, Dave, uh, have experienced uh, a paranormal uh, force kind of touching you or pushing you. Does mm -hmm. it feel does it feel like actually like if someone was next to you pushing you or does it feel more like a, a overall feeling that your body's just being moved? by nothing specifically focused on any one part of your body, but just you're being moved. Well, I was going to say for myself, it was with that shirt, which was moving. It was literally like someone asking to sound naughtier than it means, but it, it was, it was actually like someone lifting up the back of my shirt, which was not necessarily the, the best feeling I've had, but it was a Saturday night. So, you know, and it's hmm. anything's game generally, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I hear I you. I like it. <laughs> David, thank you for being a part of the show tonight. No problem. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it, David. Get some sleep. Thanks, David. Oh, yeah. Get some rest. That was awesome. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Uh, we will have more joining us throughout the evening here. Um, 
So let's get started, though. I've got a kick guest. I always feel bad when I have to hit that button. It's not like I don't want them here. I just have to, it's the only way I can remove them from the room. All right, uh, Mr. Folsom, you have the floor. Where are we going next? Well, I'd like to start off by saying we are 20 minutes in, and I don't think there's really been any uh, verbiage screw-ups. Oh. So I am going to drink to his accent, because that's kind of screwy for an American, right? Oh, ow, ow. Wow. Uh, you mean the guy that was actually speaking English? The, the right way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, good God. All right. All right, let's so, do this. Where are we going? <laughs> the Conjuring House in Rhode Island that inspired mm-hmm. the horror movies is selling. Yes. Really? Uh, the Providence Journal reports that the Rhode Island home that inspired the Conjuring series of movies is expected to be sold to a Boston developer on Thursday, according to a spokeswoman for the buyer. Now, when I started reading this and I saw a developer was buying it, I got very worried. But good news is they're not going to tear it down. The Jacqueline Nunez, owner of the Boston-backed Wonder Group, has agreed to pay $1.525 million. That's $1,525,000, uh, which had an asking price of $1.2 million. So got considerably uh, larger uh, payment for this house than what they were asking for. But it's not going to be turned into a private property, McGrath said. It's still something that will be open to the public. McGrath said Nunez's interest in the property is personal. She has an interest in the spiritual. She believes that there's some spiritual activity that happens in that house. However, one of the conditions that the Heinzens set was that the new owner not live in the house year round because the energy is so powerful. They put it in there as a protection for the buyer. She said she has been interested in the paranormal since she was a child and grew up loving a good horror movie like The Conjuring. The things that go bump in the night just pique her curiosity. The first film in the Conjuring series focused on self-proclaimed demonologists Ed and Lorraine Warren of Connecticut and their investigation of spiritual happenings that the Perrin family said had happened to them when they lived in the 3,100-square-foot house at 1677 Round Top Road. In October, three members of the Perrin family, Father Roger, then 86, and daughters Andrea, then 63, and Nancy, then 61, returned to the house to take part in a live-streamed paranormal investigation there, which I watched and thought was fantastic. Other members of the family joined the event virtually from Georgia, where they live now, which would have been me. I would not have gone back. It was funny. When I was talking to Roger and Andrea after the movie came out, I led their panel at the Michigan Paracon. And we were talking about what was going on and, and the movie. And I said, you know, what was it really like? I mean, were you guys very close with Edmund? and Lorraine Warren and Roger goes no when they started doing the seance I told him he better stop and he said let us handle this we know what's going and when my wife started getting possessed I said that's it this is over and Ed Warren got up in my face so I punched him in the face and knocked him on his ass Uh, wow (laughs) he threw the Warrens out he threw the Warrens Uh out so the real story has been shown and he talks about it in public so I'm not talking out of school on that but I was like holy cow what a tale to tell Interesting. So, Eric, let me get this straight. So All right, go for it. These individuals buy the house for more than they were asking. Mm-hmm. But the people that were selling them the house said, yeah, there's a hitch. Uh, you can't live in this house all the Year time. Year round. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, all right. You know what? We live in a litigious country, right? And if they didn't say, hey, we think this might affect your your life, they, they're probably putting themselves up for, you know, uh, a lawsuit. So I think it's good to at least cast it out there. If they end up doing it on their own, it's like, Oh, you've been warned, right? Yeah. Good you've point. Been warned. Good point. So it says right on the, you know, 
like don't directly inhale cologne because it can kill you. Now that's just out there. If you grab it once you buy it and you and you die, you're on your own. Mark, Is that a real thing? The, yes. <laughs> Is that right? No. Yeah, and a lot of colognes it'll say do not inhale um because it'll kill you. So just and you're like, but isn't that the idea of cologne and perfume? And I put some on tonight for the show. I thought wow. I smelled you. Yeah. You smell much nicer. It's weird without Greg. <laughs> three stories. Flawless. The virtual room smells better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, wow. Marty. Things might change with this next story since we're in the movie news. Uh let's, yeah, man, let's jump I, right into it. I tell you what, I, I didn't want to send this one to you, Dave. I really didn't. <laughs> I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Yeah, but uh, strange things can happen to when a beloved character slips into the public domain. Upcoming horror movie, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, sure is a testament to that. The upcoming horror movie, which is not related to Disney in any way, turns the yellow teddy bear into a monstrous murderer. And these How, are the actual photographs we're showing you, folks. Yeah, these are the oh actual, goodness. starting with this one. The other one was just a creepy graphic of a bloody Winnie the Pooh. This is yeah. an actual graphic from the movie. Yeah, you got to see this. Uh, uh, how is this even allowed, you ask? Well, the classic story entered the public domain at the start of this year, which means anyone and everyone is now free to do with Pooh as they please. That's a scary thought. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reese Frake Waterfield directed Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, Dread Central discovered this week, and several first look images suggest a dark and twisted vision. No plot details are available at this time, but it looks like the movie centers on a killer wearing a Winnie the Pooh mask, or maybe that's actually a man-bear hybrid. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. A twisted version of Piglet also appears in these first look images, so expect a full-on perversion of the classic tale. This one comes courtesy of Jagged Edge Productions, releasing sometime later this year. The upcoming film's image uh, page only notes that it's a horror retelling of the famous legend of Winnie the Pooh, and you better believe we'll be keeping our eyes on this one. That's just That just destroys the whole Winnie the Pooh childhood thing yeah wow. very that strange guess, yeah. yeah yeah I can't not sure I feel I don't about even that know where to begin with that I don't, no yeah, neither I don't, do I but yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it of course because I've got to yeah, see of course, exactly if it's <laughs> clever and Those funny or if it's one of those movies that I love the fact that like the the uh, it went into public domain this January and like they had already started filming it and they were ready so as soon as they got past that line so I guess Anybody can do with Winnie the Pooh as they please, as long as they don't put him in a red shirt. So you can't follow Disney's additions to the actual character. character. Yeah, those are the, well, that's not the actual character. He was a naked bear. Uh, The original. It's not that kind of show, Dave. I'm not making up the rules. I'm just telling you. All right. Well, let's add to the family right now. We've got Tracy Ann joining us for a scare share Tracy Ann, welcome to the program. Hey, Tracy. Hey, Tracy Ann. Hey, Eric. Hey, Marty. Dave, thanks Hi. for having me and everybody at home. Sure. Where are you located, Tracy Ann? Springfield, Illinois. Hey, Wrong Springfield, Illinois. It's, what? Very yeah. similar. It's kind of scary. Had something to do with Lincoln, right? 
Um, yeah, his uh, he was not born here, but this is where he was for many, many years while he was a senator and was working in the government before he went on to become president. He left for his presidency from um, Springfield and then Never to returned return. here at his death. Yeah. So, All right. Well, Tracy Ann, you are here to share a spooky. story. So what so, if I spin the wheel? Are we talking ghosts, alien, Bigfoot? Ghost. Chupacabra. What have we got? Ghosts. All right. Ghosts. Uh, but you like really ghosts. have me torn with the Bigfoot because man, have I got a good Bigfoot story? But you said I could pick one, so one. I'm going to give we you the ghost. We can story. come back. Right. We'll have you back. All right. Anytime. So, yeah. so I'm a registered nurse and I'm a travel nurse, which means I go all over, all over the nation to work in hospitals that are short-staffed and fill in. Okay. And I had just started a contract in spring of 2016 at St. John's Hospital here in Springfield, and. The morning I walked in to get report, you know, you, you do your shift change report, you go in, you meet your patients and you start filling out that little whiteboard that, you know, you put your name, your phone number, kind of what the plan of the day is, um, when their medications are due, that kind of nursey stuff. Well, this little gentleman was standing over by the window, his little butt hanging out the back of his little air conditioned gown that we charge you so much money for. Sure. And he was standing by the window, just looking outside. And I said, good morning, sir. My name is Tracy. I'm, be your, I'm that chipper nurse that comes in and you hate me. <laughs> no, I personally no. love those nurses. I love the <laughs> so, chipper. But I come in and just, you know, hey, good morning. I'm going to take care of you today. My name's Tracy. Here's my phone number. If you need anything, here's kind of our plan. And he just turned from the window and looked at me, nodded, turned back to the window. I'm like, okay, quite what? Okay. And uh, I went on to talk to him, plan of the day. Let's, you know, kind of straightening up the room. And he's just watching me the whole time. And he's solid. I mean, I thought I was talking to a person until the CNA came in and she said, who are you talking to? And I turned and looked at him and he turned and looked at me. And I looked at her and said, what do you mean? Who am I talking to? She's like, who are you talking to? I look at him. He looks at me. She goes, dude in this room died at 3 a.m. Who are you talking to? Oh, no, don't say now, that. She turns around on here because now, now my CNA thinks I am. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it took me the rest of my 13-week contract to convince her I was not cray-cray. 13 weeks. Wow. But I turned and I looked back at that little old man. And he turned and looked at me and went, and then, and then went it. back to looking out the window. Now, Clear as day. I was, I thought I was talking to a patient. I was solid as I'm looking at y'all. That's crazy. And I said, are you waiting for your family? And he turned around and he nodded yes. Oh. And I said, is it okay if I kind of hang out, stay with you a little bit till they get here? I said, do you know where your body's at? I said, I'm real sorry. Oh. Wow. And then he turned around to the window and disappeared. Mm. I stood there for about five minutes because, you know, I had to decide if I was going to go clean out my drawers now or maybe <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah, Amber and heard of it, huh? I walked yeah. out into the hallway and was just, I was floored. So, I've been interested in the paranormal for many, many years. I mean, since I was a wee, you know, those haunted houses in Sycamore, you know, everybody wants, that's where I was born and raised, Sycamore, Illinois. And everybody wants to go talk about the haunted house and the ghost. And so I've always been interested. That was my first, like, in my face experience. And it was 
magical and overwhelming. But it started me on a whole paranormal thing. And it just, it's been a way of life ever since. It's amazing. And the, now that I'm kingdom. aware of it, walking uh -huh. through the hospitals after dark, that's creepy. <laughs> the kingdom oh, yeah. of Bart wants to know if you were on medical marijuana at the time. Is there any you chance? Know that's, no. And nurses in Illinois are not allowed to use the product because we get oh, tested. Really? And if it's in our system, we get fired and lose our licenses. <laughs> and I was also a medical marijuana nurse <laughs> for a company. I won't mention names, but... And um, we were randomly drug tested every 30 days. And even though I sold the product and helped patients get the product, if I tested positive, I would lose my nursing license. So to mm -hmm. this day, nurses are still not allowed to use it. I like how you called it product. Right, product. Well, like I don't mean to put quote marks in it, but you know, a lot of a lot of people have issues with medical marijuana and and there's yeah. I yeah. I'm all for it, but this mm -hmm. is a family show. <laughs> Yeah, it is a family show. Tracy Ann, thank you for being a part of the family. Thanks so much and for having story. me, though. Now, yeah, bring me back so we can talk about Bigfoot. We got to go squatching. In a few weeks, we will throw open the doors to the asylum again. You come back on and share your Bigfoot story. I'm on it. Have a great night, y'all. Right. Thanks for having thank me. You, thank you, Tracy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, wow. That was sweet. What a, you know what's interesting? Tracy, you could stay in the back room for a minute here. My mom was a nurse at Shriners Children's Hospital, right, for kids that dealt with spinal cord and, and – um, uh, different versions of paralysis. Well, there was a little girl who had passed away early in the day. My mom had been taken care of and she rode that nurse button all the time when she was alive. And the nurses were really freaked out when my mom came on shift and they told her what happened. And all of a sudden the light goes off and my mom goes in and turns it off and comes back out. Light goes on again. So my mom goes, okay. And she goes in and she addresses the little girl. She goes, Molly, honey, it's time for you to go. Okay. Um, your family's already come and gone and we're going to miss you. And we love you so much, but there's a much better place for you to be now. Okay. The light flickered, went off and then it didn't go back on again. So my mom, you know, having that, that's the person I grew up under. That was the tutelage, right? My mom was just very calm and cool. Although there were a couple of times when they were in the hospital at night, and lights would go off in the hallway and she would start getting kind of unnerved as she's walking and like lights are going down like a horror movie, you know, when you're walking through and lights are shutting down around you. But for the most part, she was very calm and collect about all of this. Very cool. Great story, Tracy. Thank you for sharing with us. All right. We just kicked Tracy. She's going to have to watch like the rest of the kids now. Uh, let's do this. We're going to take a, uh, a quick break. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. 
It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. I also want to make a quick mention that I've got a couple of cool events popping up here. The Spirit and Sixth Sense Retreat, June 10th at the historic Palmer House Hotel. Shane Pittman, myself, Dave Schrader from the Holzer Files. Bill Chappell, the uh, paranormal Tony Stark, will be on hand to help build some new equipment that you get to take home with you. It's part of the price of admission. Sarah Lemos will be there to talk you through a two-hour session on how to develop and utilize your own mediumistic skills, whether you believe you have them or not. She's going to give you a two-hour talk on that. Bill's going to take you through a two-hour experiment with this new equipment and then there'll be a two-hour talk on ghost hunting with shane and i and then we get to put everything we've learned that day to practical use as we ghost hunt at the historic palmer house hotel and it's not just on that date you can also come the next day june 11th we have tickets open on both days very few tickets still remain so if you'd like to join us you can get information at darknessevents.com darknessevents.com it is the same program uh, two days in a row, and we would love for you to come on out and join us and be a part of this. All right, let's get to it. Our next story, Jonathan Ross, are you guys familiar with this English presenter? Yes. Okay, yeah, nodding, uh, Eric, doesn't doesn't work yeah. well on radio. Yeah. Marty jumped but, right in. I like it. Yeah, that. I did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. He's lying. He has no idea who that is. No Jonathan idea. Jonathan Ross recalls his <laughs> terrifying encounter with a possessed and demonic doll. Jonathan Ross, a talk show host and comedian, has spoken out about a strange encounter that he had with paranormal investigator Lorraine Warren. Lorraine Warren, one half of the infamous paranormal investigative team, was well known for working on prominent cases of alleged hauntings, including the terrifying Raggedy Ann doll known as Annabelle. Now, I want to address this again for people that are still bitching about the fact that this doesn't look anything like the doll in the movie. That's because the people that own the, the copyright to uh, Raggedy Ann, they don't want evil dolls associated with Raggedy Ann. There was no way they were going to license Raggedy Ann to become a killer. So, I mean, Winnie the Pooh, maybe. Raggedy Ann, not going to happen. Well, Lorraine's experiences, as we said, have been well documented, with both The Conjuring and Annabelle being box office successes that terrified audiences. Well, the presenter's own experience hasn't stopped him from being a skeptic, as he asks fans to share their spooky stories that almost certainly have a logical explanation. So my wife interviewed Lorraine Warren, one half of the Supernatural investigating team they based The Conjuring films on many years ago, he told fans. Do you recall Annabelle, the possessed doll? Lorraine Warren's experiences inspired the film, Annabelle. Well, she got to the part of the story where Lorraine said she had heard a demonic voice say, don't touch the doll, while telling a friend about the experience. And then the room's lights went out. Then there was a bang. We were in complete darkness. They all came back on after our friend said, that's weird. I mean, it's a flimsy plot for the next film, but it's all I've got. While Jonathan didn't seem convinced... 
that he'd had a paranormal experience, he did add to his tweet, seeming jokingly about himself, even if we don't know what it is, it's definitely not paranormal, according to Jonathan Ross in his quick dismissal of the strange activity that took place regarding the haunted doll that is Annabelle. All right, guys, we're going to join another guest into our group, another family member from the Paranormal 60 crew out there. Derek, welcome to the show. What's up, everyone? Hey, Derek. Hey, good Derek, to see you. What's up, man? How you doing? Yeah. Doing good, Derek. <laughs> Where are you calling us in from? Springfield, Ohio. What, two Springfields? Springfield. What are the Synchronicity Synchronicity is loud tonight. Interesting. I guess so. All right, so what kind of story do you have in mind for us tonight, Derek? Well... I could go with my dreams about November 22nd, but I won't. Um, that's that's my birthday. You dreamt about my birthday, Derek? That's sweet. I, I was going to, but I want to be like the last guest and maybe come down, maybe come into another show and we'll talk okay. more about it. But it's really All relevant right. to right now, but I want to go somewhere else. Okay. Uh, you guys know the actor W.C. Fields? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. All right. I got a story. I have documentation for this. It gives me cold chills. So if I kind of stumbles because yeah so i'm gonna take you back to 2013 you're filling in for greg you can't stumble more than that so you've got it <laughs> all right good point good point <laughs> thank you so much um I, I got cold chills right now sorry so 2013 i went to bed on uh the night of january 2nd 2013 woke up at 6 30 in the morning and i had a vague dream of wc fields so my dream all i did was walk through my kitchen I go out to the patio. There was a younger couple. And they and one guy goes, Hey, do you know WC Fields? And I said, What the one guy with the nose? And he's some actor from back in the day. He goes, Yeah. And without a computer, there's a Google image of WC Fields that appears before me. And it's black and white. He's got a hat. He's got the nose. He's got that uh, smile. I go, Yeah, that's him. That's WC Fields. And I woke up. And uh, it was about 6 30 in the morning. I usually uh, make some coffee, but I skipped that, went to Wikipedia, and I read the entire Wikipedia page of W.C. Fields, wondering why am I dreaming about a guy in the waking that I have no clue about. And I read everything, and two things that stuck out. Number one, he died on December 25th, 1946, which is Christmas. And at the time, I consider myself a Christian. And uh, I said, what does an atheist... Why is there an atheist in my dream who died on Jesus' birthday, right? But here's where it gets odd. His burial was January 2nd, 1947. So why in the world am I dreaming almost 66 years to the the day of his burial? I thought it was this odd. So four hours later, um, my wife at the time gets a phone call from our home builder, um, or the foreman for the home builder. We're having a house built. And he says, "Uh, sorry, the um, last night, the, the owner of the company died. He was playing volleyball. He was 56 years old and playing with his daughters and the rest of the church group dies of a heart attack. And I'm like, no. And his last name starts with a W because that's what kind of hit me like WC Fields W his name, his last name was Weaver. And, um, I was just, I was sad because, you know, we were good friends, so forth and so forth. It gets, it's going to get good here. Um, and scary. Um, okay, so the very next day, my wife and I, we go to Olive Garden. I get a text from my mom. Who's watching? Hi, mom. <laughs> and 
And she goes, um, Aunt Marna just passed a few minutes ago. Now, that's a result of a heart attack she had on December 28th. And uh, her maiden name's Weaver. So back-to-back Weavers, third and fourth. I started, you know, things happen in threes, right? I got cold chills right now. And um, I started going to this church at this time. It was a Pentecostal church that was literally down the same street that I lived on, my wife and I lived on. And um, I was helping out with the food pantry. And um, I took the pastor and his wife aside and I said, I got to tell you something crazy. So I told them everything I just told the listening audience and, uh, and I wanted their opinion, like what's going on here? This isn't normal. Mm-hmm. And the, the pastor was speechless. He goes, I don't know. The wife, she was very vague about her interpretation and I respect her you know, opinion, but I just didn't feel like whatever she said, you know, matched what was going on, whatever, everything right. I just told you guys a week later, he calls me on a Thursday and he says, I checked myself into the hospital because I've been having some pains right here and some tingling and I've been getting tired. Like he'd be doing some work or something and 10 minutes later, he'd be tired. Come to find out he's got clogged arteries and he's going to have open heart surgery that following Monday. He asked me to pray for him. I said, oh yeah, I will. And I got a little scared thinking, is he number three? <laughs> is he number three? So I prayed. <laughs> um Monday came along, he survives. I'm like, whoo. Okay. I, I okay, it, it, it's gonna get it, I'm tying in here. So I visit him on Wednesday. He recovers. It took him about five months before he got back into the pulpit again. And then um um then I didn't I didn't even see him. I haven't seen him since 2013. So after I after we go into 2014, I wondered what the heck was all that in 2013. Okay, still don't know why there was those synchronicities. 2014, 2015. So basically, we get to uh, 2018, and I just lost an uncle and an aunt on December 14th, 2017. And by the way, Dave, my clock behind me, my digital clock, on the day my uncle died, my digital clock stopped. When I say stopped. It went from, let's say it's 3.45 in the afternoon, it reverted back to 12 and didn't move. So 60 seconds Jeez. goes by, it ain't moving. I unplugged it, plugged it back in. The thing was like that for a week, and then it started working again, which I have footage of. And then two weeks later on a Thursday, on December 28th, my aunt, my other aunt died, and I was thinking, who's the third? Now, mm-hmm. comes to the conclusion. So February 1st, I checked my hometown newspaper obituaries i'm out i'm originally from outside of mansfield ohio you guys probably have been there mansfield reformatory yeah i was just there last week yeah okay so here's okay like i said i can document all this so february 1st i'm looking at my hometown newspaper mansfield's new journal and guess who i see the pastor the pastor's obituary Hmm. so he lived to be 70 he died of cancer and he died on January 29th, 2018. And guess what day that is? WC Fields' birthday. There it is. That's bizarre. It took wow. five, you're telling me, five years 
It took five years that here I am. I told the pastor about this dream. He had no clue. And by the way, let me add a couple more things. His last name starts with a W, right? W-R-I-G-H-T. And he was born one month on November 20, uh, November 25th, 1946, a month before W.C. Fields died. So when I told him about that dream, the pastor was 66 years old also at the time. So hmm. he dies. What are the chances? He dies five years later on January 29th, 2018, on W.C. Fields' birthday, who's an atheist. Very strange. <laughs> so now are we at the point... So it, it, he's become like uh, Freddy Krueger. If you see W.C. Fields in your dream, deaths are going to start showing up. I like this. This is a new movie serial we can make. They did I, poo. They did poo. Winnie <laughs> the Pooh. And that's and that's the thing. I've never had any other W.C. Fields dreams or anything. I've had synchronicities, and I have a blog that I've been doing for four and a half years where I've documented interesting uh, synchronicities that uh, – makes you scratch your heads and i i document yeah. everything i keep a dream journal um, um i timestamp everything and you can look at my blog right now i send you two links dave you can read I them saw. for yourselves you can go binge on it and you'll find some stuff that will t tear your hair out and yeah well that's my favorite very strange awesome well awesome. derek thank you for staying up late with us and sharing that uh strange set of synchronicities and connective tissue i don't know what it means but man i'm gonna be next time i see a wc field movie i'm gonna scan over it quickly yeah <laughs> run yeah <laughs> thank you very much very weird synchronicities are so strange speaking of synchronicities talking about winnie the pooh horror movie the fact that now wc fields could be the next uh freddy krueger we've got another story and this one coming to us from eric Eric, you've got a, a weird movie-related story here. I had never heard this before. Mm -hmm. Is Friday the 13th and Jason Voorhees based on a true story? Mm. So reported by a, a gentleman by the name of Ben Hardwick. 1980s Friday the 13th solidified itself as a horror classic to the extent where 11 sequels have since been made. The simplicity of the original movie remains one of the scariest of them all, as they depict a horror that's somewhat feasible in real life. And so it raises the question whether or not the original Friday the 13th movie was based on a true story. A massacre in 1960s Finland shares eerily similar details with the movies. At such, some speculate... It's where the, uh, see, I was careful. Go ahead, and drink, everybody. I, I, I it yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was holding right, it. I, I couldn't do it. All hey, right. we're, we're at story number seven, and you've made it this far. I'm proud. Or six. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so go ahead and drink, right. everybody. I tried All to right. stop myself, but I couldn't. All right, so during a Finnish summer, two 15-year-old girls took their 18-year-old boyfriends, naughty, naughty, on a camping trip. Their chosen location was the isolated area of Lok. Lake Boom Boom. I'm sorry, Lake Bodum. Where they just boom, boom. Lake Boom Boom. Lake boom, boom. <laughs> All right, everybody have a drink. Oh, here we go. We started the slippery I've slope sipping, now. Uh, I've been sipping this vodka for a half an hour waiting for this story. <laughs> Lake uh, Boom Boom. Where they decided to set up tents along the lake's edge. The next day, a local carpenter stumbled upon the campsite, but looked inside, and guess what they found? A mm. bloody crime scene. There it is. <laughs> Three of the campers had been stabbed to death, and one of the boys, Nils Gustafsson, was found alive but unconscious. 
Once Polif arrived, damn, Polif. Once Polif arrived, boy, I I gotta have more stories in between. You guys are loving me now. I I love the band, the Polif. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Lord! Once police arrived, Nils claimed that someone broke into their tent in the early hours of the morning and attacked. And with his severe injuries matching up with the story, Gustafsson was cleared as a suspect. Strangest of all was Gustafsson's description of the attacker. As he was awoken in a tired state, he claimed to have seen a man dressed in black with bright red eyes. Of course, this didn't help the police in their investigation, and given their crude methods at the time, much of the crime scene was ruined by people casually walking over it. But with Gustafsson's creepy description, combined with the brutality of the seemingly unprovoked murders, it seemed as though these unfortunate teens had met their very own Jason Voorhees. Hmm. I keep doing that in the background. I like that. Um, the Friday the 13th murders at least had clear culprits, whereas the 1960s attack was a complete mess when it came to suspects. One was local resident Valdemar Gilstrom, mm-hmm. who was known to be aggressive towards campers. Now, now what exactly does that mean? <laughs> As I read this, I, I, I want to do a little more research, but I couldn't find anything on it. <laughs> I hate campers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in the end, there was no evidence to show it was Gilstrom, and his wife claimed he was in bed at Lake Boom Boom at the time. However, oh no, he's just in bed. I'm sorry, doing the boom boom. Very different. I'm sorry. All right. However, confusing. Damn it, confusing is the word. This is the easiest story that I'm screwing up. However, I'm so thankful I didn't give him the story. It's an easy one. There's no hard words. Thank you, Dave. However, confusing things further. Gilstrom suffered from mental health problems. And wrote a suicide note nine years later, and guess what he put in it? A confession to the murders. Oh, however, those pesky campers. What? However, the next more? suspect was Hans Gruber. Oh no, no. Oh, this, one, this oh, name's even better. This is even worse. Are you ready, guys? To him. I, I wish this was a lie. His name was Hans Assman. A S. <laughs> That was Hans good. Assman. Oh my gosh. A S S M A N N. Wow. <laughs> now the best part was Mr. Assman himself <laughs> was a KGB spy who had oh, recently God. moved into the area. I mean, how the his, hell does this happen? His co- code name Gasser. Oh Lord. <laughs> oh good. I am Hans Assman. You may call me Zagasa. Zagasa. Now here, here's the best part though. Police. Okay. Let mm-hmm. him go after he claimed to be in Germany at the time. Although they later found out, and recent evidence suggests, he was actually in Finland the morning of the murders. Uh-huh. So, to end this terrible story, from the brutal lakeside murders to the creepy suspect description, the event bears a resemblance to Friday the 13th movies. And even if this tragic event wasn't taken as an inspiration, it just goes to show that often the creepiest horror stories are the ones that happen in real life. When you sent me the story, I did a little bit more digging. And I know people think I'm setting this up for a joke. I am not. So I was looking into this, right? Now, again, we're going to show the picture of Mr. Assman. Well, <laughs> Nils, at first, had believed that what he saw in the dark was some dark figure with glowing red eyes. He went through a series of uh, hypnotic regression 
And actually through the regression, he gave the police um, a description that they made an image of. Now, if you look at these images, for those of you watching along, look at those images and then flash back to Mr. Assman. Wow, that they one are, on the lower right is him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're very, very close, right? Wow. Now, here's where it gets even weirder. The day of the funeral, there was a photograph taken of the crowd. And in the crowd, oh, wow. That one face stands out. Now, look at that face and look at the images that were drawn. That is definitely a weird, unique face. And that once you've creepy. seen an ass man in person, yeah, you will never right. forget them. Yeah. You, well, I'm Very. sorry, what was that last part? <laughs> you'll never forget them. <laughs> oh, I thought you said you'd yeah. never hit them. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not that at all. Come on. Okay. Keep this thing clean, Eric. Oh, it's a family show. Family. It's not a dirty All right. Speaking of family, let's bring another family member into the fold with us. Cheryl has been here since we started tonight. Hey, Cheryl. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Hey, Cheryl, welcome to the show. Why, thank you. Cheryl, your name's not Ass Man, is it? No, no. Just checking. Just checking. (laughs) Just Cheryl. She's like Cher and Bono. Just just Jack. Yeah. All right, Cheryl. So uh, where are you calling us in from? Well, I'm actually in Missouri now, not too far from Springfield, Missouri, about an hour. But but I just had to say that. We need to do a story on this. I know, right? Synchronicity. Yeah. (laughs) But um, uh, I have had so many um, incidences throughout my life, but I picked on one from a childhood home in Minnesota where I grew up and uh, it's the day my sister disappeared. We live in this smaller home. It was kind of, I don't want to say really demonic, but it was an evil house, the knocking, the banging, the pushing of this, you know, on up and down the stairs, water turning on and off. And I was, it was the early eighties and um, I was probably about 13 ish. My sister was about eight, nine years old. And we were supposed mm-hmm. to be doing our Saturday chores at summertime. And uh, mom's like, where's Jane? She, she, you know, she's nowhere to be found. And I said, I don't know. So I went upstairs in our room. I'm looking for her. She's nowhere to be found. I look in the closets. I look under the bed. I go, she's not up there. Well, we got to find her. So I go to the park. I go to the neighbors. We're looking all over. And I remember on her bed was a sleeping bag that was rolled up on the end of the bed. So we had made our beds and whatever. So it, we looked and looked for about 30 minutes plus. And so at this time, my mom's getting a little worried because she is younger. But back in the 80s, you roamed the neighborhood. It didn't matter. And mom's right. like, we're going upstairs one more time. We're going to find her. She's got to be up there. And when we went up there, she was on her bed in the sleeping bag, dead asleep. It's summer, sweating. And when we woke her up, it's like, you know, when you're in the REM sleep and you get awakened. That, so she didn't just pop in there and say and pretend she was sleeping she was out i mean just wow. out and we had like no idea where slip. she was yeah and uh i was just wow. i sent her a message earlier tonight and she goes she goes i still she goes it's scary because i have no idea what happened and then but the house was it was horrible it was a horrible house well, you can't leave. You're our last storyteller for the night, so we'll give you a little <laughs> bit more juice to go. We've only got a couple okay. stories left for the news. What do you mean it was a horrible house? What other kind of weird things happened? Um, my sister, she, so the, the upstairs bedroom was just myself and Jane, and uh, my sister was sleeping up there because her room was too scary, and mm-hmm. uh, she levitated. 
and she realized she was levitating. So she started repeating the Lord's prayer and these little things she says was poking at her neck and then she fell. And so there's, there was that, um, she got, we had a dog, it was a poodle and the dog would run up the stairs and bark and growl. You know, a poodle doesn't get violent and gnaw at its, you know, gnaw at the door and scratch and keep on barking, barking, barking at nothing. And um, at the time, my niece was maybe a year, 10 months old, and she had a bunny and she'd call it Bobby only when she was in the house. When she was out of the house, it was just rabbit. But when she was in the house, it was Bobby and she would watch stuff come down the stairs. And just it was crazy. And the banging, you know, the bomb, bomb, bomb. Is that the house here in Minnesota? That's down in Albert Lee. Yeah. Do you still have that address? I would love to go do a drive-by and see if, you know, maybe even knock on the door and talk to the family living there. Yeah, I don't know, because the people before us, a friend of my sister's baby sat for, and she said the little girl would sit in those closets off the bedroom in a rocking chair and just choke choke her dolls. And then the people that lived there after us, they, my aunt says, hey, my my brother and brother-in-law used to live there do you have weird stuff he goes what are you talking about and she says well they just had weird things and he's like man i wish you went to tell me that because we just kind of been trying to make up what's going on but yeah it's um pillsbury avenue was the street the actual address i don't really really remember seven something wow but i was seven something pillsbury and albert yeah. lee that's enough i'll find it i'll just knock in every the- house with a seven in it <laughs> it was a smaller home Oh, you might recognize me. I'm TV's Dave Schrader. And (laughs) I'm wondering if you have strange things happening in your home. And they might. You might. Maybe it's torn down. But supposedly uh, um, the house was built from wood from another house. You know, you always got to find a, I do anyway, a connection as to why am I seeing this? What is happening? What would be in this house? But my sister would get pushed up the stairs. um, Water Up is always better than down. Yeah. I just remember she got, she kind of flew into the kitchen and she turns around, knock it off. And I'm like, what? I'm right. I'm in the kitchen. She thought it was me behind her, just pushing her up the stairs. Matthew Johnson makes a good point. I want a nice haunted house where the spirits just do the housework. (laughs) Yeah, that would be nice. Sign (laughs) me up for that. Holy Mm -hmm. cow. Well, come back, Cheryl. Tell us more of your strange tales in the future. Would you do that? Oh, I have ton of them. I have ton of them. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for for being our last contributor. Uh, You know, what's funny is I put out a call on social media and I'm I'm like, if you have a scary story, email me, Dave, at at paranormal60.com. I'll send you a link. And of course, most of the people told me the story in that post. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or sent me a message on Facebook. I'm like, great. If you want to be a part of the show tonight. So I sent out about a dozen of them. I'm glad we got five, you know, five, six good people here tonight that, that shared their stories, but we'd love for, to hear from you guys in the future. So if you have a story to share, email me, Dave at paranormal60.com. And let me know if you'd be willing to come on live and share it like all the great people that did tonight. All right, Martin, we are coming into the end round. This is your final story of the evening. No, no pressure. It better be good. Uh, well, well too much it worse is. than me. Yeah. No, well, this is this is a good one, I know, because this is what we're basing this whole episode on. There's something under the bed. Under this the is bed. creepy. So let me see. I, I know, uh, Eric, you have kids, right? And I I don't remember, Dave, if you have <laughs> You guys kids. live like a mile away from each other. You're over there all the time seeing his daughter. You have kids, right, Eric? <laughs> yeah. 
I bet she yeah, feels special now. Thanks, Marty. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. She yeah. Might, be clarifying, it's not a ghost. That That's might be right. Because your Fair. house is kooky haunted. Well, yes. you know, Dave, if you've had kids, and I can't recall if you have or I've not. I've had a few, just a yeah. couple. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. During those first few months, having the baby sleep in a crib or a bassinet in the, your room is essential. Oh, yeah. I miss yeah. those days. The night feedings alone are reason enough, but new parents also like to keep little ones close in case of emergencies, too. Right. But what if the danger isn't something you can see with your own eyes? Parents of a newborn baby are currently dealing with that reality. When after they reviewed footage of their baby sleeping in their room throughout the night, they noticed something bone chilling. Blink and we swear you'd almost miss it. The parents provided two angles for the non-believers, one showing the entirety of the room while the other was focused on the baby. In the panned out angle, it looks like an ordinary night with parents sleeping in the bed and the baby snoozing in her cot. But when you look at the baby close-up camera, you can see the sheet slightly tugging, even though on the bigger camera, no one else is in the room. Then you see what looks like a small hand peek into the crib and pull away quickly. I sent you a videotape on that, Dave. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. I, that's let's all I can say. This. Yeah, let's let's watch this. And now, when, for those of you watching, as you're watching your screen, the activity takes place on the left side of the screen on that side of the bed. This is this is a weird one. So it's a nice, peaceful night. Very small room. Holy cow. Yeah. You're, you're seeing the baby sleep. Now, from that position, I want you to know the head of the baby is in one corner, his feet closer to the parents. Oh, what is that? They're showing that there's nothing underneath the bed. But now watch the mattress almost seems to be breathing. It looks... It's flexing up. Now it starts to get creepy. Do you see the fingers coming up? from oh underneath the mattress yeah oh my god uh that's what messed the, up what the flip now the dad wakes up in the video he hears something and he, he wakes up and kind of rolls over and takes a look at it but that that to me is so chilling so chill. let me let me get it right to that point again i'm gonna i'm gonna play this one more time because that's just so bizarre maybe i'm gonna play it again who knows there we go. I'll speed it up a little bit here. So now you see the mattress kind of expanding like something's underneath it, pushing it up slowly. There is, oh, you know what I forgot to mention in this too? At the, let's take this back to the beginning. When you, okay, here's the one image. Now, when they show the parents' room, when that little bolt camera thing, you see a shadow dart back by the door. Watch. Oh, yeah. Yep. So there was like a shadow that moved. But obviously, no way to get underneath the bed. And then that, that mattress starts to push up right there. Oh. The baby, at least, is sleeping soundly. Yeah. Never moves. Never moves. Yeah. Never moves. But it makes you wonder if the dad hadn't woken up and rolled over right now as these fingers start grabbing onto the mattress, right? Watch the father. Suddenly, he turns around. He's like, what's going on? And the fingers retract. But, you know, Dave, those fingers don't look like normal fingers, though. They kind of look like... like Vienna sausages. Vienna sausages. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I was thinking. Yeah, it's weird. That is creepy. Those yeah, parents that... had a boom-boom bed, too. Did you see how small that thing was? Oh, was man, you have to really love your partner to sleep in a twin. That was tiny. Oh, yeah. The baby's yeah. crib was bigger than it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is, oh. Dude, I can't even That's tell you. That's creepy. Listen, all right, now I've got to, you know how you, you watch a scary movie when you're a kid and then you got to kind of watch like a Three Stooges afterward to clear the palate? Now that right. we've seen something chilling, because it's it's my show, I'm going to show you what could be the cutest video mm. ever by a granddaughter. Are you ready for this? So sure. my granddaughter's left alone in the car while her mom runs back into the house to get something and they just missed a phone call. So my, my granddaughter picks up the phone and hits record and, and this is what they get. Hey. Hey, it's me. Whoever you are, that that mom just called you. Whoever you are, or daddy, or mama, or or grandma, or grandpa Joe, or anybody, or grandpa Dave, or anybody this is called. It's like man. Whoever you are, then this, this call me back. I message you. I love you so much. Whoever you called, whoever my mom called, then please call back. Okay? When, when I'm done messaging, I love you. 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 Oh, wow. that's awesome. Is wow. that not the cutest video? Does that not clear the palate of creepy Vienna sausage fingers trying to <laughs> abduct a baby? It does. I it just, does. I message you. When I'm done messaging you, call me back. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> that is some commitment. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, although I got a, you know, I think Kingdom of Bart, he had a good one here. He said, ouch, second listed grandpa. That's got to hurt. Oh, ah. Bart. Bart, you, saw the, you saw the sparkle in her eye when she's like, oh, Grandpa Dave, that's the answer. <laughs> she knew. I, I don't take it personally. All right, let's jump to our next story. This is a bizarre one. Army veterans claim that they were told to keep your mouth shut after a scary UFO encounter. Everyone from Navy personnel to Air Force technicians and pilots to civilian pilots and airline passengers are now more than willing to risk the scorn that was previously associated with speaking out about UFOs. Three such men, former cavalrymen in the United States Army, recently spoke to DailyMail.com about their experience in dealing with UFOs. The three Army veterans claimed that while stationed at an American military base in the Middle East in 2014, they saw eight bright objects in the sky over Sinai, hovering and flying at speeds they had never seen before. Sergeant Travis Bingham, an E-4 specialist, Vishal Singh, and Private First Class Double Engram of the 3rd Cavalry, part of the Multinational Force and Observers Mission, say their UFO encounter took place at Observation Post 3-1 in Sinai, near the south end of the Israeli-Egypt border. Engram says the incident had him scared poopless, by the craft in the sky that appeared to be spinning as smaller lights emerged from it, which seemed to spiral like fireworks. Now, another outpost located 200 miles away also said that they had seen the object in the sky. I would describe it as a big object with several smaller objects, which appeared to be communicating or scuffling like a dogfight in the air. We knew it wasn't our military, and it was baffling, said Bingham. The objects were glowing. 
you could clearly see them with the naked eye. And it was clear how fast they were moving. To this day, I've never seen anything like that craft covering such a distance with extreme speeds. Singh said that he uh, tried to identify the UFO using night vision goggles, but said that the edges of the UFO were moving so fast, they were nothing but blurry. How about them apples? You guys like apples? How about them apples? Those are good apples. Yeah. Yeah, the craft in the... The craft and the smaller objects began moving like fireflies, left, right, up, down. He said they moved all around. I can't imagine any military that has this type of technology, according to these experts. Very strange. Mm. And speaking of strange, Eric, you always like to bring us one of the most bizarre and unusual stories. And tonight you might have outdone yourself, son. What's our next tale? This is a love story, Dave. We don't have a lot of these on the show. No, we don't. Um, We need more. Mm-hmm. This one is going to pull at your heartstrings for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody grab your glass. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Here we go. Okay. A woman who is dating an invisible alien who abducted her from her London flat says he's better in bed than any Earth man and urges Ooh. all women to find intergalactic lovers. Wow. Ooh. Oh. There she is. If you're watching us here in the video, mm-hmm. there uh. she is. Actor Emanuela Rose, formerly known as Abby Bella, who lives in East London, said on English TV program this morning, she first met the alien after posting on Instagram about how she would rather date someone from a different planet than go on another Tinder date. Uh (laughs) Synchronicity coming. Here we go, everybody get ready. Oh, yeah. She claims she was later abducted from her Cannery Wharf flat by a UFO that enveloped her in a beam of yellow light. Once on board, she met the alien crew before being introduced to her invisible lover, Emmanuel. Emmanuela, who changed her name to reflect the aliens, says they have been dating for a year and now want to wed. That's true love. That is. Emmanuela, who said aliens do not have a human form and are invisible to the eye, appeared on the show with Blow Up Green Alien and said that the inflatable is just a placeholder. And a symbolic <laughs> representation of her partner. Wow. Sure. Think about that. That's love. I might get a couple symbolic representations. I like that. You're going to leave <laughs> some blow-up versions of you for Nikki back yeah. home? Yeah. Cool <laughs> sure. uh, when this when the This Morning co-host, oh, see, damn it, oh, God, co-host, how hard is the word host? <laughs> Apparently um, pretty bad. Pretty difficult. Holly Words is hard. Willoughby asked whether yep. the pair share a physical relationship. Emanuela replied, if you're tired of men, I recommend the aliens. You what? How- you recommend? Recommend. Wow. That's a hard word. Words, words is hard. Yeah. yeah. Recommend. If you're tired of men, I recommend uh-huh. the aliens. How can I put this? She said. The aliens are loving light and pure like energy. So we can't even go all the way that he can go because it would kill me. <laughs> look at the face of the co-host. <laughs> he's like, what? look at these two images. Did, did you hear that? Like, huh, if yeah, they went as far her. as he can go, it would kill her. She added, compared to Earthmen, it's like times a million. As well as discussing their love life. Yes, I screwed uh-huh. up discussing. Emanuela revealed she wanted more commitment from her partner and said he too is ready to take the relationship further. Wow, look at that. Love Here we go. Man. 
marriage, love and marriage. He did try and propose, but I'm oh, pretty yeah. but I'm pretty traditional, she said. So <laughs> so I want a ring. And he doesn't really know what that is. Wow. So I said <laughs> oh, I wanted that old ploy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what a ring is. I don't want to get married. So I said I wanted like a big rock. And he got me some pebbles from the beach. Like, just doesn't get it. So no. basically, he has no earth money. So I'm just hoping maybe over time we can save up the money together. Well, being the crack reporters we are, mm-hmm. I contacted Emmanuel the alien and I said, hey, buddy, is this going to happen? Are you going to really marry this woman and make an honest earthling of her? And his response was very clearly, oh, it's happening. It's uh, definitely definitely happening and because we love love on this show i want you to know that the the three of us sans greg because he's too busy out doing what he's doing we pooled our money together today we went out together as a collective and we picked these out for the married couple what do you think oh, yeah definitely yeah. I think they're appropriate that's definitely. right that's what uh what do you think emmanuel is this is that is that going to cinch the deal oh it's happening it's definitely definitely happening Congratulations to those kids. Love. Oh, that was that was very Your gift sweet. is in the mail. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know what that story reminds me of? Dumbest news of the day. That's like that two like, weeks uh, in a row. I was gonna say for it's Eric. three weeks in a row for me. It's not <laughs> it's not your fault, Eric. You're only re- you know reporting the news. The the tale itself is so stupid, but it but needs you know, to be told. But, you know, Eric has that uh, courage to put forth those stories where mm-hmm. other people like me would never have touched it. No. And no. I, I got to give a lot of respect to that. Respect. Er- Eric's very in touch with himself. He, as a matter of fact, touches himself way too often. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I could be, I could be wrong. Hey, I want to thank all of you guys and gals for tuning in. And I want to thank all of the listeners that joined us tonight on the program. It was great to have you here with us and we'd love to have you. That's right. You, I'm talking to you right now, watching this either in rerun form or still live. Email me Dave at paranormal60.com. That's Dave at paranormal60.com. And I will put you in a little folder. And the next time we're going to do a live show, I'll send you an email with a link. And you can join us and share your ghosts, demon, Ouija board, psychic phenomena, aliens, married an alien, Bigfoot, married an alien, Bigfoot. I don't care. We want to hear your weird stories right here on the show. So let's just take a moment to remember our, our fallen comrade, Greg Lawson. I mean, he's not dead. He just fell. And now... You know, he's on he's, his way back. He's so. okay, right? Oh, yeah. As far oh, as we oh. know. He falls all yeah. the time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So. yeah. He's uh... <laughs> at that age. Yeah. That's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's it from your lead anchor, Dave Schrader, the Colonel himself, Martin Vaez, and our very own Chachi, Eric Folsom. Still here. We'll be back again with you next week, right here on the best in paranormal programming. This is the 60 Minute News. 